Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Women's Running Podcast. In this episode, we hang out with Anna McNuff, and she's every bit as lovely as you would imagine. Anna is the sort of adventurer you want your daughter to be. Fearless, well-travelled, bloody lovely, and, almost incredibly, very relatable. In between adventuring, she has found time to be an ambassador for girl guiding, as well as to write books about her incredible exploits, from cycling through every state in America to running across New Zealand. Her latest book, 100 Adventures to Have Before You Grow Up, is a must-have gift for every girl in your life, no matter what age they are. In it, she explains how we can all have adventures, big or small, and that our lives will be all the richer for them. Right now, we're eagerly awaiting the launch of her next book, describing how she ran 2,300 miles across the UK barefoot in 2019. I met up with Anna at the National Running Show back in January. The night before, we'd got our wine on at the networking dinner, so we have a bit of a chat about that. But we also talk about barefoot running, about her rowing background, her secret history of having a proper grown-up job, about the feeling of being caged, on seeking adventure, on loving words, on falling in love with the world, and on falling in love with Jamie MacDonald, otherwise known as Adventure Man. And she's so lovely that she asks me questions too, so there's a small tedious section in there where I talk about Sydenham. Sorry about that. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think and who else you'd like to listen to, and I will get on it. Have you got the latest copy of Women's Running? If you're missing it, the easiest way to get hold of a copy is to go to our online shop at shop.womensrunning.co.uk or you could get it delivered direct to your door every month by subscribing. If you prefer instant access, then digital is for you. You can buy the digital edition at pocketmags.com or download the app to your phone or tablet via your app store and you can read it straight away wherever you are. For all the different ways to read the magazine, go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk. All 
I've just had this rolling the whole time just to make sure. Mm. This is Dave's dictaphone. Go on, the and Dave. We're just hoping that it works. Okay, cool. <laughs> I Brilliant. I think it works. I think it's great. It looks fantastic. I, I know. know. It's, Ian. it's from 1982 or something. No, <laughs> marvellous. Beautiful. I was. Um, I I went on the. Um, Park Rub podcast with Vassus. Have you done mm. that one? Yeah. Every week you um, yeah. And he was really nice. It was lovely. And I and he said, oh, I can do it over Skype. And I said, no, I, you know, I want to... Yeah, I want to come and, and speak to you in person. I don't want. I hate Skype anyway. Yeah, because he lives in London you. anyway, doesn't he? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, I'll just come down and see you. Yeah. Um, and I also I went there on a bit of a recce because I thought I'll come along. I'll see what equipment you use. Oh yeah. And then maybe we can use the same when we do our podcast. Yeah. But then of course he's ex BBC and it's just great big sound recording equipment and a sound recording man. Oh my god. <laughs> So I was like, oh no, I don't run to that. I've got my kind of yeah, yeah. 50 quid dicks phone. Um. <laughs> do you know what? I, I don't think it matters at all because I think people want it. It doesn't, they can like hear it. needs to be more natural. I, like, well, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I know. Because this, I, I had a microphone for this. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a bit like, I don't, I feel a bit weird here. But yeah. I was just sitting in his living room, just talking about race discrepancies between the sexes and things like oh, that. Really? You know, the usual thing that I'm yeah. about. Yeah. But, um, so how was last night? Did you have fun last night? I, do you know what? I actually did. Well, right. I mean, it was. I. I. Because normally those kind of things, they're not really my thing. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed myself. I actually got in and had. Was like oh, I had a really good time. Yeah, I must. Have, I thought that I would go there thinking I've. I've got to keep my my face on. Yeah. And I have to be kind of networking and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But actually. Um, it was lovely. I thought Full it was really nice. People. That's what I thought. I just, I mean, I don't, in terms of networking, it was different to any networking thing I've been before because I didn't speak to anyone that I'd not met before. Yeah. But equally, um, it didn't feel wanky networking. I just had a nice time. It really didn't. No. It really did I thought it was just that, lo- that lovely, you know, when, um, what's his face, on stage and he said, you can be a running bore, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. normally you turn around to someone that you don't know and start talking about running and they're just like yawning. Yeah. But in this, everyone's like, oh, yeah, what is your weight mileage? It, just, you it felt more like a social, like a running club social. Yeah. I think that's what it felt like. It's yeah. just lovely to talk to other runners, isn't yeah. it? Always. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed myself. But then, I don't know how you are, then I got back at like 11 o'clock mm. and then I felt I needed to um, like decompress. Yeah. So I then stayed up for two hours, like <laughs> watching The Voice until I, <laughs> until I, on catch up and I was like, okay, now I feel ready to go to sleep. <laughs> Oh, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I came back, I was, um, I got into bed and then I just thought, I need to do some research on Anna McNuff. I'm really interviewing her tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you know everything on me anyway. I thought, I know. Oh, I know. God. But I have a bit of a Google. Yeah. And so I Googled and I had, a, I was reading lots of Find interviews it. that I've read already and lots of yeah. bits and pieces, lots of BBC stuff. Um, but it was kind of, it's going back further in time. It was kind of finding out, it was reading like the Guardian articles about you when, you oh, know, like yeah. 15 and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but also what I thought was very interesting was yeah. when I put in Anna McNuff wiki. Oh yeah. What came up was Jamie. How funny. You don't have a wiki. No, no, I'm trying, I've got, I've got a draft of it, but it needs to get up. I just, it, it, that Wikipedia page has gone to the bottom of my to-do list for three years. <laughs> Every time, and, and I get someone that's doing my admin helping me, and then they're like, okay, I'll do the Wikipedia, and I'm like, there's too much. Like, there's yeah. nothing, and so there was Jamie's page. Yeah. And then I thought, what well, there must be. And then I searched within wiki for Anna McNuff. It's my rowing thing. And then, yeah, it was a bit down the bottom and said, do you mean rowing? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> my rowing was out from Poland. Yeah, that's it. I know, it's really funny, isn't it? No, I'm on it. I'm on the, in the on process. It. Come on, yeah, admin, I know. God. God. <laughs> that is funny, though. Me and Jay pop up on each other's results quite a lot, which I think is quite cool. That but, is quite cool. Yeah. That is quite cool. How yeah. long have you guys been together? 
five years. Yeah. How did you meet? Like, so you're like adventure woman. Yeah, yeah. He's like adventure man. Yeah. There's no like. I don't know why I'm saying like. You no, are both are adventure people. We are adventure people. Do, yeah. Did you like go on kind of Match.com for adventure people? No. We, um, what, well, we got put in touch by a mutual friend, but we'd actually already had an exchange a couple of years before that because when I was new to Twitter, I saw that he was running across Canada and um, I just thought, there's a skinny guy from Gloucester running across Canada. I thought, <laughs> that is pretty impressive. Uh, didn't think anything more of it, but I donated to his, gave him 25 quid or whatever. He was raising money for kids' hospitals. And then I got this lovely personal email. I mean, when does that ever happen? You know, you donate to this void of whatever yeah, yeah, is Virgin yeah. Just Giving. Mm. And, um, and at that point, it was so early on the run, he was personally emailing everyone that... So he sent me this lovely email. I know, oh, just shows you what a lovely boy he is. And so then I can believe he emailed, and as we had an exchange about the words ridiculous and amazeballs or whatever, and uh, and that was that, and that was it. Nothing, you know. Then he did his run across, Ca- and he was running across Canada while I was cycling through the fifty states. So we were kind of doing this, and then two years went by, and he'd set up a charity. He needed an ambassador for this charity to raise the profile and a mutual friend said, oh, there's this girl running the length of New Zealand. You should get her to have a chat. You know, you sounds like she'd be right up for it. And uh, yeah, and then basically he pestered me uh, to get me to fundraise for his charity because oh. I'm terrible at fundraising. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how we met. But we had a, we met just before I went to New Zealand and then I think because I was away there was space for like a friendship to, to build up and so we just chatted over Skype for six months with me thinking I can't go out with a skinny boy from Gloucester I'm used to going out with six foot three strapping rowers and he's unlike anything I've met before but I really like him and I want to speak to him all the time and he was going through the same thing yeah oh wow and you, you live in Gloucester now I do yeah so yeah. we were together for six months and then I yeah, I basically moved to Gloucester. I was just like, right, that's it. That's well, I'm going to move to Bristol. And then he said, why don't you just move to Gloucester? And I said, do you want me to move to Gloucester? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Gloucester's my home. Yeah, so anyway, there's the long story. But yeah, so, so kind of through adventure. But yeah, um, but I, yeah, it was it's totally left field for both of us. But the peas in the pod, just the right Yeah, it does seem like it. Yeah. It really seems yeah. like it. Oh, we have such a laugh. But it is, it's really nice to have someone to come home with and chat about... Like when I was talking to him about the talk here yesterday yeah. and I was saying it's a really big space and, you know, your energy and you have to project and and because he does the same thing, he, he gets it. So we geek out and stuff like that. So, That's really lovely. Yeah. Uh, but prior to Gloucester, you're London girl? Uh, yeah, London girl, Kingston upon Thames. Where are you born? Sydenham. Sydenham. So, I'm like Kent. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, no, I know where Sydenham is. Yeah. Forest Hill, that yes. kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my dad see. lives in Kingston. Oh, so, does he? Uh, yeah, really? Yeah. Do you go and visit him? <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kingston, I always say to people, Jamie loves it as a Gloucester boy because it's got everything you need. Like, yeah. you don't need to go into town no. because... Kingston's got everything. Yeah. And it's quite useful for us living in the West Country because the travel to Kingston yes. is fine, isn't it? You of don't course. Want, yeah. don't want to go out with an East Ender. Yeah. You, so. And my brother lives in West Norwood, so that's not too far from Sydenham, is it? That's like, no, that's close. Yeah, yeah, Dutch, yeah. all that. Yeah. All around that bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's nice. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you love living in Bath? I love living in Bath. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I really dislike the idea of living in London because I left when I was 19 so it was a very very long yeah. time ago yeah um but because it was kind of Sydenham and Forest Hill and kind of you don't really feel like a Londoner so Got much it. you're yeah. kind of, it's just suburbs really yeah. um 
And uh, yeah, I don't. I, I I feel like a complete foreigner when I go there. Like I don't know what tube, you know, what I'm supposed to go on. I yeah. don't know where anything is. Yeah. If someone says any kind of borough of of London that is outside of the Sydenham Forest Hill kind of massive or outside of like yeah Kingston yeah I have no idea where it is blank face no yeah it's like oh I live in Clapham oh good it's a different mindset I think that's the biggest thing about living in London or living out of it I just feel like people outside of London you've got a bit more perspective everything's slower and yeah yeah I love it yeah yeah I love it too so um right so yeah okay London to Gloucester but in the meantime so you started off there was this rowing thing. Yeah, there was a rowing thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird to think about it now because at the time, so bear in mind, so I grew up, two Olympian parents, everything we did was... What did they do? What were their... their Rowing. Rowing. So I grew up and all, they went to Moscow 1980. So all I ever heard when I was growing up was rowing, 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 rowing. And they love rowing. And all their friends are rowing. And, um, you know, it was always being dragged to Henley Women's Regatta and all of that stuff. So I hated rowing till I was 15 <laughs> because I just was sick of hearing about it. And uh, and then, well, yeah, when I was 16, I'd been playing football was my main sport. Well, I did a lot of different stuff, but football was the main sport. And then at the age of 16, I was playing for Wimbledon Ladies. Yeah. Nice. And this is amazing as well because before, I think the first semi-pro women's football team had just come into play and that was Fulham so having seen the change now it's just phenomenal yeah it's huge isn't it yeah um so uh and I needed a new sport and my parents just softly suggested (laughs) did you want to just give rowing a go (laughs) and I just thought oh go on then (laughs) and um and I loved it I absolutely loved it because I think you've got you've got to train you've got to be willing to throw yourself into it and train so hard so I just threw myself into rowing from 16 until it was, I was then 23 when I gave up, which in hindsight sounds really young, but I, it had run its course and um, I didn't make... I was going for the Beijing Olympics and I made sort of like the B squad mm. um, when we went to the European Championships and did well. But I just thought, can I do another four years and cling on for London, knowing that I could get to that four years and, and not make it? And I could. And I just mm. thought, I'm not willing to do that four years. I'm, I'm done. And... Uh, yeah. And so then you stopped. So then what happened? I stopped. Then I went, I think I need to get a real job. <laughs> because all I'd done to that point, I had no work experience, nothing on my CV. Um, I basically, I went to university, but I mean, I went to a university where I just rode two or three times a day, trained two or three times a day. That's what you have to do. And so um, it was my whole life had just been sport. And um, yeah, so I, I then just started, I just start, I mean, started Googling ideas for careers because I had no idea what I was going to do and advertising and marketing intrigued me because uh, I have a psychology background yeah uni and then I ended up working as a receptionist in a PR company in Soho I had a little pink bubble get you yeah I know I, I honestly I would never ever oh my god <laughs> I, I used to pick up some Sputnik Communications how may I help you <laughs> Um, and it's this PR company that looked after like the Duchess of York and <gasps> Trev- Sir Trevor McDonald would come in. Trev. And the Sir Trev. <laughs> so, but it was just so exciting. Um, got paid nothing. And, um, but it, that was exciting, but very quickly decided that wasn't for me and ended up then applying for grad schemes and got on a graduate scheme at Sky TV and did marketing there for six years. Wow. Yes. 
So one of my one of my actual typed out questions was, have you ever had a proper job with a pension and a holiday entitlement? Yes, maybe I tried it. I tried it. I did. And I actually think it's really good because even though I only did it for those six years, I I understand that world. Yeah, I I understand the restraints on it and the and that feeling of, well, this is just the way it is. Um, but when I was 28, I just was sat at my desk and I, 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 yeah, I'd been fighting trying to line up boxes in a PowerPoint presentation for an hour and I just caught sight of myself. Yeah. And I just had this revelation that, you know, you kind of get on this little treadmill of life and, and I hadn't stopped to think that I didn't have to be there if I didn't want to be. I'd sort of done... I'd got a job and got, and I was in a great job by everyone else's standards. But mm-hmm. I just, I just thought, I've just spent an hour of my life lining up boxes in a PowerPoint presentation, and I don't. This is precious. This is life, and I don't want to do that. And the other thing is, people around me loved their job. I mean, they were so excited, oh, yeah. and I just realised everything I enjoyed about my life was the weekends. Um, and I also really struggled with trying to be myself in the office. I was constantly told to be more serious. Um, uh, you know, personal development reviews, and so I never felt like I could quite be myself. Yeah. Um, uh, it was an amazing company. I had great fun, but yeah, I just thought I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing for the rest of my life. Um, so what else would I do if it wasn't this? Um, and I'd never been travelling or an adventure, and I just recently picked up a cycle touring book, and that blew my mind. I thought, what do you mean you can go and cycle? around the world with no like not booking with a company yeah. and you can just take all your stuff uh and so i thought that's what i want to do that sounds like a perfect way to travel and that's what you did and that was it yeah it took me a year to plan and leave and i had no money and i took so i worked five days a week in an office doing marketing work and then i worked saturday and sunday in a bike shop in kingston um, and uh and kept it quiet from work because i didn't want them to think that i was too tired um uh and did that for nine months worked seven days a week for nine oh months <laughs> put on loads of weight ate loads of croissants and baked beans hardly slept and then got on a plane and went and cycled through every state of america and my life just changed why did you what was the goal the goal was just i just felt like I, I just wanted an adventure. I just wanted, I think that's what a lot of people, women especially, we just want a wild adventure in our life. Like I just wanted some excitement. I wanted, I wanted to just fall back in love with the world. I wanted to learn new stuff. I just felt like I was in a cycle and I wasn't learning anything and I'd stopped. Um, I wasn't growing as a person as well. I just felt sort of, I felt a bit caged and I just thought, I just want to be free. And so the idea of taking off on a bike and with and all of the unknowns that came with it and all of that nervousness as well, um, that was really exciting. So the goal was just to go and see how it felt to be a bit freer and um, and learn new stuff and see a bit of the world. And did you spend of all that time, how long were you cycling? Was it six months? Uh, it was seven months. Seven months, yeah. So um, was that mostly on your own? Or did you have I had a friend company? with me for the first two months which was really cool she was a school teacher so she literally left school hopped on a plane came with me did eight weeks of cycling got on a plane went back to school oh my god (laughs) and at one point as we were leaving and i said i think it was somewhere um in nevada i had to say goodbye to her at the base of this mountain before i was going to go and cycle over it thanks 
Um, but she she was having second thoughts. She said, "I just I don't I don't want to leave this life," you know. And I, and I said, "I know." I said, but equally, I I'd be, it'd been amazing to have her with me, and I was about to head across the Nevada desert, which I was very nervous about. Mm-hmm. But equally, I knew I was pleased that she went home because I thought I have to do this alone. I ha- I have to because I'm scared of it. I have to do it alone, and if I've got someone with me, it's a bit easier. Yeah. Um, but she kind of eased me into the start of the trip. She's a legend. Yeah. Did you enjoy the bit that was on your own? Oh, loved it. And I think that's where I realised, because people couldn't believe it. They they would say, don't you get lonely? Uh, don't you get bored? I never got lonely or bored, not on that, that ride at all, because I was always on roads. Roads always lead to somewhere. I'm a British woman on a pink bicycle. I mean, I had to hide at petrol stations <laughs> because people would just want to talk to me all the time. And I actually just found it gave me the mental space that I'd been craving to just be creative. And I started writing again and I hadn't written since school. And I did really badly in my A-levels at English. So I gave it up and thought, well, I can't. I'd always wanted to be a writer since I was a kid. I've got so many poetry books. I wrote poems about twiglets. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? I I wrote poems about everything. And I used to write all these creative stories and I got told off in history lessons because I'd make up what Henry VIII had said because I'd elaborate into some awesome story. <laughs> um, but then I then I'd done really badly at my exams, so I'd given up writing and thought, well, I can't be a writer. And then suddenly, being on new adventures, it brought back all that l- loving writing, and people enjoyed what I was writing. So yeah, I love. I must admit the um, the barefoot stuff, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but there was a bit where when you were encouraging people to join you on sections of it and there were you you put I thought a very thoughtful little bit in there when you got an email back from you to say yeah, yes please join me on this section that said I might not be in a talking mood or something along those lines it oh just said yeah that if, I'm, if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by lots of people that I might sort of hang back or go in front or whatever yeah and I thought god well done for saying that because yeah. it must be exhausting to yeah not, not only run all these all these miles but then actually have to be sociable at the same time yeah and I think I was trying to be conscious of that on on the run Um, but I think as time goes on you get older you do get more okay with protecting your own space and your own energy but it is strange because we've talked about the introvert extrovert scale of ourselves and I definitely am towards the more slightly towards the more introverted side but I love there's something about it's almost like I and on that run I like to create an environment for people to come and be together and then I'll slip out the back yes. and happily not chat to anyone but know that everyone's having a really nice time yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't need to be a part of it except to watch it happen does that yeah, which, absolutely yeah. and, and I kept spotting myself doing it and um and you know I would say things like oh I need to run out the back so I can see because of my bare feet but the reality was I my I was just happy happy that back there just watching everyone have a lovely time <laughs> but um yeah it's amazing but yeah I think it is important to protect that space and and I think those starting to do the adventure showed me that I am the kind of person that enjoys spending lots of time by myself and that's cool you know that and um and I think unfortunately the modern workplaces are set up for extroverts you know open plan offices loud noises a lot of meetings are people that speak the loudest get listened to yeah and uh and so I think having been in an office environment and then going to a place where I could be a bit more introverted was... Yeah, and I was thinking, because that was something I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, mental health, I guess. Yeah. Because um, I read somewhere that a few months after you returned from the New Zealand yeah. trip, um, there was a quote where you said that you were cycling down the Edgware Road with tears pouring down your face. I found that quite upsetting. No, it was horrendous. Um, so... <laughs> 
Tell me what happened there. You know, that, so I know the mistake I made with that. I came back from New Zealand and I, so that was my second big adventure. And I'd started to think maybe I want to do this as a living. And so, whereas the first one, I was just doing it for fun. The second Mm -hmm. one, there was a bit more pressure. And then I came back and I put that pressure on myself. And I, of course, then still had to earn money. So I was still freelance marketing three days a week, Mm -hmm. writing a book two days a week, writing the New Zealand book. And I just was a frustrated with that I couldn't spend all my time working on the projects that I love, that I had to do three days a week of something that was going to earn me money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was frustrated with that. And I was also, I think on an adventure, your goals are very simple. You wake up, you run or you cycle. You need to get to the end of the day, eat, sleep. That's it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly then when you come back to modern life, there's notifications and emails and social invites and it is it shows you how complicated modern life is and I think the mistake I made after that New Zealand run is it was the first time I'd probably experienced that level of intensity of being overwhelmed and and simultaneously frustrated and I tried to shove it aside I'd just gone straight back into I think within a week of being back I'd sorted myself a job I'd moved house yeah I'd just gone right normal life oh my goodness yeah yeah Yeah, and so the Edgware Road was I left um I was working my part-time job was at an office at the top of Edgware Road and I left there and I just cracked and I just I just I was gone I just thought I'm so I'm frustrated I was just frustrated that's when I cry I don't know when you cry but <laughs> well just anything it's for me it's frustration it's just I'm yeah. so frustrated and I, I've got no outlet for this except tears yeah and um yeah I'd started dating Jamie at the time so he got it so he sort of listened and yeah and then I managed to and what was the result of that? The result of that was, I think, taking pressure off myself and realising, I I think ambitious people tend to do this. You know, I was trying to write a book and yet I'd given myself a deadline and a schedule. And the reality is, if I didn't hit that deadline or schedule, then it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, everything, I, all the pressure I was putting on myself was all self-imposed and... And oh, I've done this big thing and nothing's different and I shouldn't be working in an... Oh, why am I working in an office? This is not what I want to do with my life. And yeah. so frustrated. Um, but I think, I guess the outcome is I had to remind myself to be patient and also to stop and go, what I just did was pretty cool. I just ran the length of the country. <laughs> if I do nothing else with my life, well done, Anna. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I think it was about stopping and looking back and actually taking stock because... Yeah. Sometimes I get frustrated that we're not moving. I'm not, don't think I'm progressing as fast as I should. And then you actually stop and look back and think, well, I've grown so much. So so then at some point between then and the start of last year, yeah. <laughs> a plan was brewing. A plan was brewing. Yeah, that was it. So that was what I probably had, I think about two years between, oh no, because I went to the Andes. I completely forgot. <laughs> oh, I, went yeah, I always the Andes. forget the Andes. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking what, when was that when was Hadrian's Wall? Oh, um, Hadrian's Wall was that was with my friend who came on the cycling trip with me. Uh, so that was before New Zealand. Right, okay. And that was starting to experiment with longer runs and yeah, we we dressed up and ran the length of Hadrian's Wall dressed as Roman soldiers. Right, yeah, um, did you do? Yeah, yeah, she's a history teacher. So oh, yeah. we'd run along and she'd say, "Did you know Anna?" <laughs> no, Lydia, I don't. <laughs> um it was great. And um yeah, so I started to experiment with smaller runs, but um, between finishing New Zealand and going and doing the Barefoot Britain run, yeah, I did go on another big cycling trip with a friend. And that was they were with me the whole time on that one. And that was an amazing journey. But the Barefoot Britain run was just, yeah, time for another run. I love running. I mean, if you said 
you can either run or cycle, run. Really? Always, always. I'll even say that to a cyclist's face. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't. I. I. That, it, it make if someone took running out of my life, I would just feel suffocated. Um, whereas if you said you can never ride a bike again, I'd say, okay, can I run? <laughs> <laughs> so how did that start? The barefoot thing. That that started actually three years before I I did it. It started as a tiny, and this is how most ideas start, a tiny little seed that just went in my mind when I was in New Zealand watching kids in the North Island. They often go to school barefoot until they're 11. And I just looked at them and I had this pang of jealousy, jealous of the children. (laughs) I just thought, that looks like fun. And then I remembered running around barefoot as a kid and my mum was always telling me to put my shoes on. And I don't know, there's just something so feral about it and free. And I just started to think, oh, it'd be fun to be barefoot more often. I feel like that would be a nice thing. And um, and then I'd read Born to Run, read that book. Yeah. Probably did what everyone who read that book and was inspired did, which is go out, buy a pair of minimalist shoes, run 10K, smash your calves to bits. <laughs> don't run for three months. Um, so I had that in my mind that I tried it once before and it didn't go particularly well yeah. but I thought I wasn't really very gradual with it with the whole transition to minimalist running so when I came back from New Zealand I'd gone into just wearing minimalist shoes in everyday life walking around in them and found that I felt I mean for a start my calves and my thighs when it was like someone just gone zoop and like sucked they just went all the muscles defined Really? Honestly, I mean, if people are struggling to tone up their legs, just wear barefoot <laughs> shoes because you're, you're con- whereas the shoe would normally take it, you're constantly having to correct your position. So all these tiny little muscles are working. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, well, that's what happened to me anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then that after that seed had been in my mind for a while, I basically spent a year and a half thinking, it, is a barefoot runner crazy idea or is it possible if I prepare properly? And then with a year and a half to go until I wanted to start I said yeah I think this is possible um, it's going to be hard work and uh, I'm terrified and I don't know if everyone's going to laugh at me and I don't know if this is going to go so wrong but I, I can't not do it now did you already have that link with girl guiding at that point or did that come a little bit later at this thing, well we talked about the word serendipitous yes we did <laughs> favorite word <laughs> my favorite word <laughs> I had um I ended up doing a talk for them and then I just got put back in touch with them and then I'd I'd become an ambassador for them and it was around about the time when I'd already started thinking about this barefoot run and I just thought I was I was almost looking for a new charity partner and a new connection and it just I can't explain it but it just felt like everything was pushing me in the direction of um, we want you to be that person Anna you know show these girls what's possible even though I came from a house with two brothers yeah. and I'm not I'm not someone that's ever paid attention to whether I'm female or not but I think that's the point yeah you know it's not it doesn't matter whether I'm female or male I'm just yeah. doing these things yeah and so I just felt like oh there are a lot of girls out there who see these barriers yeah and maybe I can help and now I've got this platform through girl guiding and there's 500,000 members yeah across the country and I just thought right that's it boom it just all just slotted into place amazing yeah perfect storm absolutely amazing yeah. so you started your training started my training yeah a year and a half of training and it was oh, I mean the first, oh so the first run I was going on was it was I think it was 
anyway it was a cold month and I thought it'll be fine I'll just go out you know do try let's just try and barefoot run straight off the bat no yeah I mean <laughs> um and I thought I'll just do 20 minutes and I went out on this hill in Cheltenham and unfortunately it snowed the night before <laughs> and so I thought well it might snow while I'm on the run I can't have that as a reason not to go running so I ran up this hill and I thought 20 minutes looked at my watch right okay 20 minutes off we go and I ran up this hill and my feet were in agony oh and I was thinking oh okay just keep going just keep going and then I managed to get my way to the top and I thought just keep going don't keep your watch keep going keep going I thought right that must be about 20 minutes down I looked at my watch I'd done three minutes and 15 seconds no. <laughs> and I thought sod this I'm getting the car I'm going back so disaster and then I realized that was okay and that wasn't a reason to give up I just needed to take things back a notch and just just be a bit slower with my transition. So yeah. I'd go and run 10 miles in minimalist shoes. And in the last mile, I'd put these sock things on. Oh, I read about those. Yeah, yeah. Skinner's socks. Yes. Yeah. And then I eventually transitioned to running only in Skinner's socks. And then I would run in my Skinner's socks for 10 miles. And then the last mile, take, take them off and go barefoot. And then eventually I managed to transition to six months of being barefoot when I ran. But bearing in mind, I would only run a maximum of 10 miles or maybe 12 in my bare feet. You say that, but you did the London Marathon. Well, that's why it was terrifying, because I think actually I had at that point, I'd done a 17 mile run, um, but on a very smooth rail trail when I was visiting my boyfriend in America. So I stood on the start line of the London Marathon thinking, I've told all of my followers that I'm doing the distance of 100 marathons and I'm stood at the start of my first one. And I've never run more than 17 miles on tarmac in bare feet. Yeah. And this could be really embarrassing. And it, am I going to, are my feet going to rip? And I got so many messages. You get floods of messages from people who just love to lay fear at your door. Yes. And, um, oh, be careful. I did this. And, and they sent me pictures of their bleeding feet and da da da. And you just, you're, thank you for that. Yeah. Like, why would you send someone that email? <laughs> and so I just thought, uh, am I just not going to be able to finish this marathon? Am I going to get halfway through? My feet are literally going to just explode and burst with blood. And then how am I going to manage the, all the marathons after that? Um, and it went great. It was fine. Yeah, spoiler. I saw the photograph. <laughs> I mean, you did it. In an incredible time as well. Not, yeah, so I didn't wear a watch, no watch. I just ran by feel because I had the chat with my, with my boyfriend, Jay, and he said, how are you feeling? I was like, I said, I think I'm going to try and smash it. And he said, why are you trying to smash it? What if you do some damage? You know, you're only a month and a half out from starting your big challenge. Yeah. And But on the day, I just went by feel. And uh, yeah, and I did... I mean, I'd never run a timed marathon before, so I don't know. That was a PB. But um, yeah, I was I was pretty stoked with it. And I just... So, yeah, I surprised myself, and I think that's a really nice feeling. Brilliant. And then, yeah. I, so you started, like, a month and a half later, you started Barefoot Britain. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the publicity around it, it really ramped up in the duration of the run, didn't it? It I did. Think. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right, it did. I was getting a lot of local and regional press at the start. Yeah. And then, it's so weird when it then goes national, because you know, you know what the press is like, the urgency of it. We, yeah. You know, we must speak to you now. And, uh, and I'm thinking, I've been running for six weeks, you know, and I'm carrying on for another three months. <laughs> yeah. What's the rush? Chill your boots. But everyone wants to know now. And you, and yeah. I think that's, and I just thought for girl guiding, you know, it's, it's great for me, wonderful for your ego. Yeah. But I just thought for girl guiding, they need awareness. They need volunteers. So I need to jump on this now. And yeah, I did have some mad days where I was having a rest day from running, but it was just constant 
replying to people. Um, what was the um, like? What was the makeup of the run? So, like, I mean, how many days? Were you, how many rest days did you have? I well, I had to learn because I I started off just planning them in at points where I thought I might like to take a rest, like a city of interest. You like, I'd have loads of time for sightseeing, yeah. um, um, and I tried to. So I was doing sort of a rest day a week, but then somehow, somewhere near Inverness, I ended up running for nine days without a break. And I pushed the mileage up in that week as well. So I was up to doing like 22 miles days and it was so hot. And running over the bridge into Inverness, there's a beautiful video of me online somewhere, just I had a mile to go and just bursting into tears oh, because no. I was just, I was I was ruined. And I I got in there and I said, I'm not running for nine days without a rest too much. And so after that, I actually ended up mostly doing a day of rest a week. Mm-hmm. And then as I got further towards the end, I found that I could only hold my focus or I could only, I guess, think it had to be four or five days and then a rest day. I, I needed that, the kind of, I guess it's the carrot, you know, I was the donkey. Yeah. And, I, and I needed that. Okay, I've only got to cling on for five days. And if I can cling on for those five days, then I get to chill. Where were you staying? Uh, mostly with the people of Britain. <laughs> this is the other thing. I put out a post on social media. So and I, it was about six months before the run started. And I said, right, this is my route, roughly where I'm running. The route may change. The timings may change slightly. But vaguely, who is up for hosting a smelly barefoot runner as I come through? And uh, and I think Abby, the, who did the admin and the logistics support, she was just overwhelmed with emails. She got 120 within the first hour. Oh, I broke the post up. No. She said, Anna! Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we went through a process of slotting everyone in. And, and the hosts were great because they had to... I had a bag called Barry. Oh, I've heard about Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and so in order to be a host, it wasn't just, yeah, of course, you can come to my house. It was, yes, I will help Anna's bag get from A to B. I will come and collect it from a girl guiding talk they sort of they literally had to be my support person and then and it it, I mean it was crazy because sometimes they might host me for two nights and that was that was nice because I could you know I had a little base but quite often it was one host the next host the next host Mm -hmm. so a lot of logistics yeah the logistics were as difficult as the running I would say yeah it sounds like it it sounds like it but amazing just and the people of Britain I mean well done people of Britain you know (laughs) they just they just offered to host you and the kindness and I just think that is everything I know about humanity it yeah. was just laid out for me in the run and yeah it's lovely and I mean you must have met hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of women particularly do you think you were running or was yeah, it a it was mixture? yeah it was strange because I didn't even though I was doing it for girl guiding I didn't set out to only have women come and run with me but mm. within the first three weeks it became apparent that most of the people that were coming to run with me were women mm. um and and at first I thought, this is a bit strange. But actually, in the end, I just thought, oh, God, I must be putting out some estrogen vibes. And, <laughs> and there was a real sense of togetherness and empowerment in it. And I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I just thought, brilliant. And, and women are such great company when we're running. I mean, they're just brilliant. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. We were all just chatting. And, and it was beautiful to watch people come together. They had no common ground except they liked to run. They didn't know where they come from. They didn't know. And they, they they often didn't chat about their family lives too much. They just chatted about random things. Like two people that joined us discovered they had a shared love of, love of Victorian greenhouses. 
And they suddenly found this out and talked about Victorian greenhouses for half an hour. Well, that's nice. I know. So it was sort of this way of bringing people together. It's like a moving community going down the country as I ran. Beautiful. Amazing. So it feels like, I don't know if this is true or yeah. not, but it feels like this thing, this barefoot thing, has been the most high profile Def- adventure that you've done so far definitely has life changed since you've done it yeah i think has life changed not dramatically and i um i think sometimes but you're more famous well, honestly you walk into the national running show and be like it's Anna McNaff. <laughs> i think the pink hair helps the that hair helps. Uh, so that yeah. makes me easily identifiable i think i'm definitely more niche well-known um in you know if you're a runner in the UK and you're vaguely into something that's not just split times and marathon runnings, you, you probably would have heard of me or someone will know someone. And, and that's really nice. Um, and there is something special about the running community. Uh, they, 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 it's just all good vibes and I just love it. So it's really nice. And at the end of the day, I can't imagine what it's like for actual famous people because I've been trying to walk to the toilet. It's just, and I want to talk to everyone and I, and I want to spend that time. So, but I'm so grateful to these people because all the people that read my books or, you know, they follow me on Instagram, they allow me to do what I do and to keep going back out there and yeah. doing these things and being able to write about them. So I'm just so grateful. They're all my employers, basically. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me out of an office. Yay! Yay! And so you must be writing a book about this. I am. Yeah, I've started it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a deadline for that? I'm not going to pressure you. Yeah, I'll give myself a deadline. I have. I've given myself a deadline to do the draft by June. Normally takes me about six months. So I've got, uh, I have I have word count limits that I try and hit. But it is hard because it's it's hard because it's not an easy thing to do, if that makes sense. Of and it, it never gets easier. I'm yeah. sure you understand that about writing. Yeah. <laughs> you can find everything else to do yeah. except write. Yeah, and all my unfinished novels. They're yeah, here. They're there, here. there you go, there you go. It's, it's hard. And, and then when I sit down, I think that's just, this is why not everyone does it, because it is hard. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I do love it, and I especially love the editing process when you've done that first draft and you print it out and I get a pen <laughs> and I sit in a coffee shop with a fat manuscript and then I rip it to pieces. Oh, you're a secret sub-editor. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I love it. I really love it. And I love this. I just love words as well. There's something about a, a, a bit like when you're giving a talk, there's a feel and a flow to things. And I think when you're reading a, a, a book or a story, you the way the words kind of tumble down the page, I think I really enjoy that. How am I feeling as someone reading this? Oh, God. So if you had to give up one thing, running or writing. Oh. There we go. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't choose between those two. I don't know. I, I really no. couldn't choose. That would be, yeah, I couldn't choose. I love them both equal. See, I'm a closet geek. I just love sitting in coffee shops writing. And I said to one of my friends who also likes writing, I said, the best thing about enjoying writing is that my happy place lives in the space between my brain and my fingertips. Oh. So you've always got it with you. And yeah. I just, I think that's, I feel very grateful that that's the way I feel about that. So, yeah amazing so yeah. what's your next adventure apart from the book what's your next thing what's your next plan no idea just we're going to do the family thing we're going to try and have some babies Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh so honestly that is the next thing and then and i keep getting asked that what are you doing next what are you doing next yeah. and um normally i'd have an answer but i 
I'm not that worried because I know at some point a new adventure will pop into my head and it will not leave me alone. And when that time happens, I will be ready for it. But right now, mm-hmm. I need to process and write up and share what happened in the Barefoot Britain run. Would you and Jamie ever do one together? Yeah, def- oh, definitely we will. I yeah. think when we've got when we've got babbies, I think that'll be it. It'll be... Uh, I just had this idea, adventure. like a baby baton relay or something, where we just pass the kid to one another as we go along the country. Oh my gosh! Yes, amazing. Um, but yeah, I, and that's what we've always said as well, because it is quite tough. We both do the same thing, but we'd always said let's continue to adventure apart until we have kids, and then we'll probably do shorter stuff apart or longer stuff together. Together, yeah. yeah and and our, our family becomes the adventure. So I'm excited. It's a new chapter. I love it. New yeah. chapter. See how you type that in <laughs> seamlessly. My God, you are a writer. Can we have the Disney thing where you turn the page and they go, bring? Yeah. <laughs> remember those books? I'm going to put it in. Yeah, I'm do. put it in the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. You see, I told you she was lovely. I hope you enjoyed our little pod. There are more on the way. We will be chatting to runners you know and runners you don't know but all of them are awesome women and all of them will keep you entertained as you run. At Women's Running, we want to inspire you to run, whether you've never run before or you're training for your fifth ultramarathon. We think that women who run need a space for themselves and we want to be that. Every month, we talk all things running and all things women, from training plans for specific distances to interviews with incredible runners, ideas on how to improve your running and remain injury-free, to delicious recipes to fuel your running and tons of advice on women's health. The easiest way to get hold of a copy is to go to our online shop at shop.womensrunning.co.uk or you could get it delivered direct to your door or to your inbox every month by subscribing. You can buy the digital edition at pocketmags.com or download the app to your phone or tablet through your app store. For all the different ways to read the magazine, go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk. Do join us. We would love to have you with us. Happy running. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 